On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may be invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. A few months ago, this husband and wife's marital debate went viral, becoming an international news story. This man by the name of Chris Marty, who is a real estate agent in Texas, needed some new suits to upgrade his wardrobe for work. So he had asked his wife Meredith to accompany him to the local men's warehouse, where she went about picking out about five new suits for him which they had to leave at the store to be altered. A few weeks later, as Chris went back to pick up tailored suits that he had purchased, he noticed that this new line of spring-themed seasonal suits had just arrived. And there it was, this bold plaid suit comprising multiple shades of blue that caught Chris's eye. Not only was Chris convinced that he needed to have this in his ensemble, but he was certain that his wife was going to love it. So arriving home, excited at his his fashion independence and adamant that he was going to impress his wife, Meredith, he performed his own fashion show to model the new outfit. The reviews were not glowing. What are you wearing? You're not actually going to wear that out, are you? Whether he was shocked or disappointed by the reaction, he kept it to himself and became even more committed to the purchase, saying, I'm going to wear it all the time. It's going to be amazing. Well, Meredith continued to disagree and dismissed his new threads as being loud and tacky. Well, what happened next is what turned this into an international news story. Chris decided to hire a photographer to take pictures of him dressed in the suit. 
And then he purchased billboards to display him wearing the controversial ass outfit with these two hashtags splashed across them. The first said, hashtag, my wife hates this suit. And then the second one said, hashtag, so I put it on a billboard. And for good measure, he also staged the pictures of himself holding these two furry plush animals, a garden flamingo, and a bouquet of artificial flowers. It turns out that while the disagreement was real, the wife truly does hate the suit, and the husband does think it's fantastic, the way of openly airing their dispute was also kind of in line with their character. The couple are both practical jokesters. So Chris couldn't wait for Meredith to be driving down the highway and to see her husband plastered on this billboard dressed in that suit. Now, if something like that were to happen to me, I know I wear mostly black all the time, and as a celibate priest, I'm not married, but if I were to have a, a new suit or a jacket or the likes, and my mother had said to me, what are you wearing? Or if some of the students at the Newman Center where I'm at said that what I was wearing was loud and tacky, I doubt that I would ever wear it again. So given that most married couples where the husband and wife are among many other things supposed to be each other's confidant, I can only imagine that most guys would probably return that suit to wherever they had purchased it from or their wives would have done so, asking the salespeople how they allow the atrocity to happen in the first place. Which is why you, you can't help but be impressed with this guy. Chris was completely comfortable in his own skin and suit. And he was able to laugh at himself and even took the light-hearted quarrel a step further by putting himself up on a billboard so that others could be included in on the joke. You can only be that confident if you do not define yourself by what others think of you. And you can only be that comfortable if you recognize that your value is not determined by the approval of others. You can only be that type of person if you are sure of who you are and who you are not. Knowing who you are and who you are not is one of the essential points that jumps out from, from Jesus' parable in today's gospel. Because it's very easy for us to hear the word humility and humbling ourselves in this passage with a mistaken perception for what humility truly means. For example, so many people go around berating themselves, diminishing their gifts and their talents and their abilities, thinking that it's better to be like that than to be seen as boastful or braggadocious, all the while secretly hoping that someone else is going to notice those attributes and basically demand that we accept their praise and their admiration. That's not humility. That's false humility. Humility is rejoicing in who you are knowing what God has done for you, giving thanks for the blessings in your life, recognizing and admiring the, the blessings that others have as gifts from God as well. Humility is seeing how each and every one of us has been made in God's divine image, how each and every one of us is loved, how each and every one of us is unique and special, that each and every single one of us has a place in God's house and are invited to dine at God's table. 
And that's what was missing in that room of that dinner party that Jesus attended. Right from the outset, the gospel tells us that the people were observing him carefully. That's a a nice spin of what was happening. More likely, people were whispering and gossiping. Isn't that the guy? Who invited him? What's he doing here? Maybe Jesus didn't have the right clothes on. Or maybe he wasn't saying the kinds of things that people expected to hear at a dinner party. If that wasn't the case at the start of the party, it certainly was by the end. Here, Jesus had been invited into this Pharisee's home, and instead of true hospitality and an authentic, genuine welcome, there was judgment. There was close-heartedness. There was making determinations of who he was and who he wasn't, how he measured up and failed to measure up, according to these other people's terms, applying their own standards. Well, Jesus knows who he is and who he's not. He is the Son of God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And he's not going to be minimized or diminished by a room of people who are quick to dismiss or ridicule him because they don't understand or they don't appreciate or they don't want to accept the sacred and eternal gift that was placed right there in front of them. Their lack of humility, their arrogance clouded their vision and held them back from even considering the fact that God was up to something incredibly special right there in that room. Instead, they were so busy preoccupying themselves with how Jesus had upset their apple carts and what the long-term effect would have on their positions. Their status blinded them to the greater potential that God could have wielded through each and every one of them. Each of us gathered here in this place have been welcomed not just into any house, but into God's home. And we've been invited not to just any meal, but to dine and to feast on the most sacred of foods, Jesus' body and blood that we receive in the Eucharist. But unfortunately, we don't always appreciate the specialness of these realities. We too often forget who we are and we believe lies about who we're not. For example, it's, it's easy for us to quickly go through a list of reasons why we think we don't belong or shouldn't be welcomed here. We know our sins and our failures. We know how we struggle with temptation. And there are too many voices that want to join in that chorus of negativity. How often have we heard voices that say, all those people who go to Mass, they're just a bunch of hypocrites or even seeing the rolling of their eyes as if they're asking themselves, what are they doing here? It's easy to let those struggles and listening to those destructive voices to warp our identities, concluding that we don't really belong here. We are here today in true humility to remember who we are and who we are not. And this is the good news that Jesus has invited us, broken and imperfect as we are. And he welcomes us and he meets us where we are in order to heal us and to restore us. He reminds us that we're not to be defined by any of our imperfections and that we're not to let our identity be determined by our mistakes. No, we are beloved sons and daughters of a loving Father 
a father who sent his only son to make us just so. And that's enabled us to receive his body and blood in the Eucharist. Jesus has done that for us. Jesus has made us worthy. And when we, we, we allow that to sink in, when we recognize the, the intimate personal love that he has for each of us, that allows us to be here, that allows us to participate in this meal, that has to change our vision of ourselves and the world around us. We recognize that we have a divine calling, a sacred identity. God has gifted and equipped and endowed us to be his very hands and feet, not because we're better than anyone else, but because he is. He has poured out his blessings and his favor upon us so that we may be a blessing and share that favor with those most in need. May you and I be bold and, and confident and thankful to wear the baptismal suits that we received the day we first became Jesus' new creation in those healing, life-giving waters. Humbly recognizing what a free gift this is. Wearing it proudly as an invitation to the world to come to see what our God has done for us. And for them to come and receive and experience that lavish love of God for themselves.